I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Story time. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I can't tell you what I saw that day, but I can describe it. I lived in Skycomish, Washington for a couple years and was curious about Sasquatch. I've had a couple of experiences but this was different. 
I was out for a walk with my dog one afternoon in the summer of 2018 and turned to see something watching us from behind an embankment. It looked like a tree stump. I stopped and stared at this thing for 30 seconds. It had owl-faced features, but it was huge. The head of it was sticking up from behind this embankment, and it was the size of an old-growth tree stump. I was close to this thing about 20 feet away. I could see its eyes were closed but squinting to observe me. It almost seemed sloth-like. It had designs that were a cross between bark lines and owl pattern marks. I felt no fear at all. I was staring at it and said, what the hell is that? My dog didn't notice it. After a bit I looked down and stepped forward without feeling threatened. When I looked back up it was missing. I stood there for a minute, then got spooked and went home. I walked back to that spot and stood there every day looking for whatever it might have been I saw that day. I walked behind the embankment one time and sized it up to be about 6 feet tall so whatever I saw was about 7 2 or 8 feet tall I estimate. There are lots of super eerie calls in the area. A lot of Sasquatch. I believe there are other undocumented creatures as well. I have some photos of odd things but did not have my camera on me that particular day. My aunt lives on a hill overlooking a city in Southern California, it usually takes about 15 minutes of dirt road driving and then a bit of off-roading to get there. Driving over rocks, through giant trees, and by a burnt-down Depression-era maintenance house, the view is spectacular. But it is isolated due to the difficulty and type of car required to get to the house. Situated above a Depression-era orange grove, it would be very difficult to get to this house without directions and help. My family simply refers to this as the hill due to the isolation and seclusion that accompanies being there at night. When you're there at night, you're staying there. There is no real getting down the hill at night. One winter night my aunt and uncle were watching TV when a knock came about on their front door. Not only was this completely strange, but nearly impossible due to the navigation required along with the winter cold. My uncle didn't bother locking his door due to the seclusion. Before my aunt could peek a look at the door, three men in all white were overlooking them. They asked is this the battered women's shelter? Unbeknownst to the intruders, my aunt's two sons were laying on the floor and stood up. These men had met their equal and slowly backed out the door before undertaking the long drive back. The final theory of who these guys were was Manson sympathizers. They probably intended to take advantage of my aunt and met their match. Lucky they were unarmed and not expecting a fight. The hill is a scary place at night. When I was 19 I had to complete basic military service in Austria, just like every Austrian around that age. During my time in the military we still had border controls, so of course my fellow recruits and me were called to action. After we completed our basic training. This was in November and the border region we were stationed at always had thick fog at this time of the year. In the later evening hours and the night especially. One night I was sent on patrol with a guy I didn't have much to do with at that point. As he wasn't one of my fellow recruits, but a private who volunteered for the operation. They did get paid rather well. 
Over the course of a single night patrols were required to visit a number of small cabins that acted as outposts and to stay there for a while. So, at one point in the night we arrive at this one outpost in the middle of nowhere. Only fields and woods in plain view, freezing cold and thick fog as always. At first, we just wanted to hang out in the cabin, but apparently that particular one was inhabited by a family of rats or mice or whatever as pretty much the whole cabin was covered in fecal matter. So, we thought we'd just smoke a cigarette outside and then be on our way to the next outpost. As we're standing in the cold smoking, I suddenly hear weird, but rather remote noises from the fog-covered woods to the left of us. A few moments later, in a flash, the noises hit again. Although much louder and obviously closing in. Heavy, but fast, Determined steps and a weird combination of gasping and deep grunting. Charging directly in our direction. We instantly stare at each other in shock and he screams run. We both bolt to the cabin, lock the door, assault rifle at the ready and unlocked. I like to think that I'm a very collected person, but at this very moment I'd probably have discharged my whole magazine into whatever would have come bursting through that very door. Standing there in suspense, Thinking it can't get much worse, the cadet, who seemed like a completely regular guy up to this point, suddenly turns and says, I did not tell you that I'm a vampire, did I? I didn't get what he wanted to imply with this statement at that time, because I had a classmate back in school who apparently also believed to be a vampire, so I was just like yeah, cool story. But apparently, in this very moment, this lunatic genuinely believed that he was a vampire who was being attacked by a werewolf of all things, it was even full moon, and I was being locked into the same cabin as him, with an unlocked assault rifle and 30 shots. We waited for at least one hour, and although nothing did attempt to tackle that door ultimately, we did actually see a rather large shadow lurking in the moonlit fog outside through the cabin window, for some minutes. It needs to be noted that I grew up in the city and am thus not really accustomed to the sounds of wildlife. From a rational point of view, it must have been a wild boar, they can be actually aggressive, depending on the season, as there should be no bears or similar animals in that region anymore. I was never again scared so shitless though. I was about two weeks into a solo three-week hike, crossing some low hills between one watershed and another. There was a little lake up in the hills, well off the beaten track, and I hadn't seen anyone for a couple of days. As I came down to the lake I noticed a horse's saddle slung over the branch of a tree. Weird, because there were no horses or anyone at all around. It wasn't cracked, looked to be in good condition, but it seemed to have been abandoned. I walked along the shores of the lake for a while. As I rounded a bush I came across the darndest sight, a dead horse, on its back, with all four legs sticking straight up into the air. If you've ever seen the movie Animal House it was like the horse that died in the dean's office. It can't have been dead long as it hadn't started to decompose that I could see, even though it was hot summer weather. Presumably the saddle had come from the horse. But why was it up in a tree? maybe half a kilometer away from the horse, and how had the horse died in such a weird position? And what had happened to the rider?
I was working the night shift when it happened. I patrolled all the little sections in the park for wildlife disturbance and vandalism in the dark. That's what most people with bad intentions come out to do. It was really quiet one night when my radio went off, saying that there had been reports of screaming over by B campsite, right near the forest. When I arrived, it had stopped, but the people there were still shaken up, and they had reported this loud growling and guttural sounds coming out of the trees. Of course, when I got there, they were all standing around the fire, but nobody was talking or anything just before their screams, which had woken everybody up. People at campsite B said they also saw somebody running across the road in front of them, only to disappear in the brush. This had occurred between campsites A and C they too stopped their car to investigate what was going on. It happened so quickly that nobody could really get a good look. People from Sita said something ran past them too and started screaming. They could not tell what it was, and none of these people knew each other, nor had they met before this trip, they were all just random folks spending a weekend at the park. So, I followed the path that whatever had run across to see if I could find any tracks or anything. It was nearly impossible, all the ground was so hard, and there were lots of people milling about. The campsite for B is near a bunch of dense woods within the park, so it wasn't too surprising something made its way over there. I checked out campsite since it was next and the closest to where the paths had crossed, but again, nothing turned up. The whole experience felt really strange, everybody seemed genuinely freaked out outside their tents, but they wouldn't talk much at all. They just kept staring into the black trees with their flashlights, looking for something, waiting for something to come out of the darkness. It was definitely eerie and extremely quiet. I kept my radio on me, thinking we would hear something, but we never did. Although the time I was there, I did not hear anything out of the ordinary. That night, we went home a few hours before sunrise since most people were still awake. The next day, everybody at that campsite packed up pretty quickly, leaving as fast as they could. I guess I had heard from the overnight ranger that this campsite saw something that terrorized their tent. I haven't really heard much about it since then, but apparently, whatever they saw really spooked them. It's a darn shame. I hope whatever it is does not drive traffic away, and people do enjoy camping all year round, so hopefully, whatever large animal this is goes away on its own. I'm hoping it's just maybe a moose or something and that maybe these people just got spooked. It is the woods, after all, and people's nerves are a lot more on edge when they're out in the darkness or encountering things they don't quite understand. I had just graduated from the police academy within six months when I had my very own sighting, and I still have yet to report it to my superiors. I was still in town on an early evening, on my way to meet up with some friends. I was stopped at a red light as the orange and yellow of the sun began to vanish behind the line of trees on the horizon. I noticed, out of my driver's side window, this large creature coming up alongside me. It looked like it had just crawled down from the hills and seemed to be trying to cross or travel as we both reached this intersection. It started watching me inside my car as I drove away and stayed next to me for at least a few miles before its size made it disappear into the darkening sky. The best way that I know how to describe it is that it looked like a half gargoyle, 
half-human with black leathery skin, a long tail with the shape of a whip, and a kind of spade shape at the end. It appeared to have horns and sharp claws but still looked very human in nature, wearing nothing more than what appeared to be a loincloth or possibly just a flap of black skin that was revealed when it crouched down. As you can imagine, I drove home in complete shock and disbelief but could do nothing to get the image out of my head. This thing flew about 30 to 50 feet above the ground the entire time, completely visible to anybody in eyeshot. What made things worse was that there was not another person around anywhere for miles, which meant I could not get an explanation from anybody. This thing seemed to have been watching me as if it knew what I was thinking and where I was going. Since this encounter, many strange events have occurred, keeping me away from the location where I saw it years ago, including hearing things outside my window and seeing very bizarre things out in the woods. I tried to pick up the trail again after moving, but after a couple of days, things started appearing inside my house as well as knocking on my doors and windows. It's almost as if it has followed me completely. The only thing that I know is that these beings are truly evil and need to be stopped. I feel like they've crossed over into our dimension and are even more monstrous than before. When I first got onto Reddit, I was hesitant about telling people what happened to me at night, but I ended up deciding that this would be the best place because I could be anonymous and fully express what I experienced. This is not a joke or fake, nor am I looking for any kind of attention, notoriety, or fame. I don't want any upvotes, none of that. I truly hope that by writing this, someone somewhere will be able to help me, and I really need it. Thank you for your time, and thank you if you were able to read all of this. Oh, and one last thing I wanted to include, I don't think this has anything to do with demons or devils. I've seen a lot of people say this online, although it feels very similar. It is not something that appears in any religious text to my knowledge and certainly nothing that you would want to encounter up close and personal. I never expected my solo hunting trip in the secluded forests of Arizona to take such a terrifying turn. The idea was to hunt wild deer, but little did I know that I'd end up facing an unknown creature that seemed like something out of a nightmare. Venturing deep into the woods, I followed the path that led me further away from sunlight. The forest became dense, and shadows enveloped everything around me. My instincts told me to turn back, but my determination pushed me forward. As I pressed on, my senses heightened, and I caught a glimpse of movement in the distance. My heart pounded in my chest as I focused my gaze. My eyes widened in disbelief and fear as I saw what I can only describe as a monstrous entity. It stood upright on its two hind legs, and its thin, emaciated frame sent chills down my spine. Its arms were disproportionately long, almost touching the ground, resembling a gorilla trying to conceal its true height. The creature's eerie gaze locked onto mine, and I could see its crooked spine and deformed face without any horns. Instead, it had neck hair that resembled a fake mane, and its skin appeared moonlight gray, reflecting an unsettling shine in its eyes. I instinctively raised my rifle, my hands trembling as I aimed at the grotesque figure. The adrenaline coursing through my veins was the only thing keeping me steady. With a deep breath, I pulled the trigger, the gunshot echoing through the forest. 
But to my shock and horror, the creature sensed the danger and managed to dodge the bullet with unnatural speed and agility. Before I could react, the creature rushed towards me with incredible force. It tackled me to the ground, and I felt an excruciating pain in my side as I hit a protruding rock. Struggling to get back on my feet, I watched helplessly as the creature disappeared into the dark depths of the forest. Injured and shaken, I managed to pull out my phone and call for help. The park rangers came to my rescue, finding me battered and bewildered. They asked what had attacked me, and without hesitation, I described the chilling encounter in detail. The rangers exchanged skeptical glances, and I could sense that they didn't believe me entirely. They knew these woods like the back of their hands and had never come across any creature fitting my description. Perhaps they thought my injuries had clouded my judgment or that I had seen a bear or some other wildlife. Regardless, they patched me up and took me back to safety. My mind kept replaying the horrifying image of that creature. I couldn't shake the feeling that there was more to this mysterious encounter than anyone was willing to accept. At the time that this incident occurred I was homeless and got around on an old bicycle. One evening, I was looking for a spot to set up a quick campsite in a small patch of woods along a public bicycle path in West Central, Dark County, Ohio. I was cold and eager to get a small fire started and get into my sleeping bag. The area is a refuge for stray cats. Many locals drop off their unwanted or stray cats in this area and some local kind-hearted folks feed them and provide plastic containers for shelter. When I found what I thought would be a suitable spot to set up camp I set my bag down and walked a few steps to a large tree to empty my bladder. I had a small flashlight in my bag but the night sky provided enough light after my eyes were adjusted. Suddenly a cat dashed through the brush very near me and startling me, then another further to left. As I looked toward the sound of the last cat running I could make out the shape of the plastic containers in a small circle. These containers housed some cats. I then noticed three sets of pinkish-orange glowing objects with slight movement. I first assumed the glowing objects were the reflection of three cats' eyes. After watching the objects further, approximately 30 seconds, I saw that the glowing was in fact some sort of eyewear worn by three human-like figures. As I knelt down to watch I could see these figures were handling the cats, and the subjects were wearing very low reflective off-white or gray coveralls. After about two minutes all three subjects turned their heads toward me. Thinking they might be animal control workers and not wanting to frighten them I stood up and asked, how are you doing? With no vocal response all three began moving towards me instantly closing the 30 feet that separated us. Slowly again I asked, what are you guys doing out here? They continued moving towards me. I heard them talking or communicating but inside my head and in a strange whisper. I couldn't understand. I also noticed they were shorter than me. I'm 5 foot 10 inches and guess they were 10 to 12 foot shorter than me. I turned, got on my bicycle and pedaled out of there. After several minutes of fast riding I noticed no vehicles or signs of activity. It was almost like I entered a time warp. I didn't notice anyone or anything following me. I eventually found my way out of the area, but I was disoriented for many hours. I didn't sleep that night and continued riding west until I couldn't continue. 
I finally stopped and slept a few hours in a small park. I have no idea who those figures in the coveralls were, but I don't believe that they were human. The usually peaceful Amish neighborhood had been transformed into a hotbed of tense excitement and fear, all centered around a little white church standing serenely on the prairie. The Amish farmers and their families, known for their sedate and staid ways, were now gripped by curiosity and anxiety. The cause of their disquiet was a real live ghost that had taken a liking to haunting the immediate vicinity of the church. Rumors of the playful and ethereal apparition spread like wildfire among the villagers. Stout-hearted men, unafraid of fear, claimed to have seen it, describing a four-foot-tall figure with broad and squat proportions, long arms, and unnaturally large black eyes. The ghost's first appearance had been witnessed by a young man from Clarion, who encountered it one night after returning home from spending time with his sweetheart. He shared his eerie experience with the villagers, but despite many keeping a watchful eye, the ghost remained elusive. Determined to debunk the stories and prove their bravery, four young men armed themselves with courage and muscle and set out to investigate the haunted church. As they circled the building and its surroundings, nothing seemed out of the ordinary, and they began to doubt the tales. However, as they passed the church again, they were startled to find what seemed like a shadow crouching on the steps. The strange figure beckoned them with its eerie hands, inviting them to follow. Attempting to confront the ghost, they aimed their weapons, but it vanished every time they looked directly at it. Fear gripped them, their hair stood on end, and their bodies were drenched in sweat. The ghost seemed to taunt them, appearing on the church roof, its arms outstretched in a chilling gesture. Overwhelmed and frightened, they decided to retreat from the haunted place, no longer doubting the existence of the apparition. Their harrowing encounter spread like wildfire, and many ridiculed them, dismissing the ghost as a mere figment of their imagination. But the four young men stood firm, adamant that they had seen and felt the ghost's eerie presence. Since that fateful night, the bravest and most reckless among the villagers kept a vigilant watch, determined to solve the mystery of the ghost. Despite the scoffs and laughter from some, the four witnesses remained steadfast in their claim, convinced that they had encountered something otherworldly that defied explanation. The little white church on the prairie became a beacon of curiosity and trepidation, attracting both the daring and the doubtful. The mystery of the playful ghost continued to linger in the hearts of the villagers, leaving them to wonder what lay beyond the realm of their understanding and experience. And so, the neighborhood remained wrapped in tension and anticipation, with each night bringing a fresh wave of brave souls hoping to unlock the secrets of the enigmatic spirit that called the church its home. In my senior year of high school a small group of like six of us decided to go camping one night, but none of us told our parents or anyone else what we were doing or where we were going. We ended up going to this campground but all the sites were taken so we drove really far out, to the point where we no longer saw campsites and we reached the end of the road. We found a small clearing that would fit our two cars and huge tent. It was already pitch black when we got there so we couldn't see anything and set up a fire. We cooked some food, 
set up telling stories and eventually set up the big eight-person tent to sleep. We had heard a pack of coyotes and I swear I heard a panther, though my group didn't hear it, so I was already pretty spooked, not to mention my crippling anxiety, but managed to fall asleep, feeling somewhat safe with the six of us in the tent. Now, I'm an extremely light sleeper and wake up to even the slightest sound. Every crunch and rustle woke me up but what woke me around 1 in the morning really scared the shit out of me. Something was sniffing at my head from the outside of the tent. I immediately started crying and woke up my friend next to me, when the sniffing stopped, telling her what had happened. She tried brushing it off until it had sniffed us again, this time closer to her head. Whatever it was began circling our tent then. I legitimately thought I was doing to die that night. We woke up everyone else and there we were, huddled together scared shirtless waiting for whatever it was to go away. Eventually after circling our tent many times and continued sniffing it left. It was the worst sleep I've ever gotten. When we woke up that morning we left right away but, not before seeing the big sign that said bear sanctuary in our small clearing. It could have been a dog but it kept circling our tent and sounded big and along with the bear sanctuary and supposed panther hearing, I doubt it was just a dog. A few years back I lived in Arizona, I would always travel to Tucson, Mesa, and Flagstaff but spent most of my time living in good old Phoenix. While down near Tucson, really close to San Xavier Reservation, I was wandering in a small town and stayed near the edge of the town so I can take in the view of the bare desert during the day. I was much younger than I am right now, so this might have been just my imagination, but I don't think so. My imagination wasn't that visual and messed up. While staring into the night of the desert to take a quick leak and get back on the road. I got done draining the lizard and tried to take in the view of pitch black valley illuminated by passing car lights and the starlit sky. I would look into the desert when a car passed by and would gaze into the distance for a split second, nothing came up and I didn't think anything would. The Arizona valley was something I've always been used, that being that, the darkness of the desert was nothing to fear for me. After about the 10th or 11th car passed, I spotted something in the distance that caught me off guard and at first, I didn't pay any mind to it. I was curious and waited for a car's light to light up some of the distance, now of course cars didn't illuminate the whole valley, only about 15 to 20 feet or 20 to 30 feet. So whatever I saw was pretty damn close, way too close for comfort. I stayed for another car to pass which felt like 5 minutes, which was only 10 seconds in reality, after the a couple cars pass to light up my vision. 15th car speeds by. Holy s I think to myself after realizing what I saw wasn't just my mind messing with me. I saw what seemed to be a person walking alone, it would have thrown me off if it was a regular guy wandering in the dark but what really messed with me was how it walked and looked. The only way to describe his. Or hers or whatever the f it was was like a cripple or a mentally handicapped person that has been in a wheelchair all their life trying to walk, stumbling and waddling, dragging their leg ever so often. From what little I made out of its facial features made me cringe and shudder, making my stomach drop to my ass. Its face seemed to be male. Its jaw was disfigured, and the face was ghastly skinny and empty, 
Big eye bags that made its eye sockets look empty, mouth wide open that also looked hollow. Other physical attributes I made out was that it had no cloths, deathly skinny, tall and I mean freakishly tall. And incredibly dirty. Probably looked white. From how dirty it was I would have thought it wasn't even human. After I've seen all I needed to see I noped the f out of there, hopped back into the car and went on with my night. Wasn't able to sleep that night because I couldn't help get curious or think about it. Not sure what the f it was. Maybe I was straight trippin' that night but it seemed way too real to be my imagination or random hallucinations. And for the record, there aren't any homeless people just wandering the desert in the dead of night with no cloths on, that I've seen or heard of. But please, give me your thoughts and tread on this post if you think it's bullshit, I don't blame you. But I swear it was as real as possible. I grew up in rural southwestern Ontario and our property was flanked by trees and then it was 100 acres of corn. One summer evening we were playing hide and seek with some friends and family. I was hiding near a pine tree about 50 meters from the road waiting until I could avoid the person who was it. I was the last person and could see everyone else waiting for me on the porch yelling to hurry up so we could start the next round. Suddenly I hear what are clearly footsteps behind me and I bolt assuming it's my cousin who is it trying to tag me. I sprint across the yard and make it to the porch only to realize he is on the opposite side of the house. We suddenly hear or see car lights as it starts up and peels down the road. I have no idea why someone would get out of their car, walk 50 meters through the corn but I was certainly spooked and assumed they had malicious intent. My parents were all into the supernatural and said it was a ghost. Which in retrospect seems like a retarded thing to say to a nine-year-old child. But whoever it was gave me a scare that I still won't forget. Last summer I felt like camping one weekend so myself and a buddy went to a spot he knew about that wasn't too far from where we lived. About 40 minute drive and a few kilometers hike to the spot. I've always been a big pussy about the dark. My imagination is stupid and vivid and f with me. Anyway we were settling down for the night and we had our tents set up about 50 feet from each other because I snore sometimes plus no spots could fit both tents as it was pretty thick with brush and rock. I get woken up at some point by a noise. My heart is racing but I figure I'm going to hear a lot of noises in the bush at night and try to go back to sleep. As I'm drifting off I hear a loud crack, almost like a gunshot in the near distance. I sit straight up and start sweating. What the f was that? No way that is an animal. Then I hear a cough and someone clearing their throat. My mind is running through all sorts of crazy scenarios so I text my friend are you awake? Did you hear that? No answer. Another throat clear. My brain convinces itself that my friend is now dead and we are being hunted. I freeze and grab my knife so I can poke my head out. If I'm going to die, I rather not do it shaking like a leaf in my sleeping bag. I get two steps out of my tent and a crouched figure is moving towards me. Again my legs freeze for a second and then. My friend lights his smoke and says check this out. What the f, you're alive. I nearly shit myself. Jesus. What was that noise then? Turns out it was seals playing in the water.
They slap the surface really hard and it makes a very loud crack. I felt really dumb but goddamn was I genuinely scared for a bit. This happened when I was about 14 to 15 and often stayed over at my cousin and her husband's house. We'll call them Skylar and Josh, I think F24M26 at the time. I'd been staying at their house for a week straight prior to the incident with no issues. It was the summertime, in a neighborhood that was pretty rapidly expanding. You know those Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. On a chrome suburban nightmare called a sax. There were tons of half-finished houses lining the far end of the neighborhood. I feel this info is pretty important. Anyways, Josh and I are avid movie watchers and stayed up late most nights watching whatever looked good. That night, Skylar went to bed early and we stayed up to watch Would You Rather, then Ridiculous 6, Movie Sucks, by the way. Semi-important context, Josh is a smoker and goes out to the back patio for a cigarette every so often, especially at night when he takes their beagle, banjo, out to pee. I end up sleeping through the movie on one of their two couches, this couch is backed against a wall, and to the left of it is a window into the backyard. It's the only window in the living room. At some point, I keep hearing banjo whooping and hollering in the playroom, then again in the kitchen, then the playroom, and so on so forth. Dogs going apeshit in literally every room of the first floor, but he's a clingy dog that hated when Skylar and Josh shut him out of their room, so I figured he was just whining. He's also a beagle, so we're used to him being vocal. I'm hindsight, I probably should have wondered why he was running from room to room, though. Whatever, I try to sleep through it. After a good while of Banjo flipping his shit in what I think is the kitchen, he kinda goes quiet, but he wakes me up again growling at the window right next to the couch I'm sleeping on. Bro will not be still. I still don't get up. I fall back asleep for a bit, then out of nowhere, he jumps on the couch, right on my stomach, and again starts losing his shit barking and howling. That wasn't what woke me up though. It was the light shining from outside the window right in my face. I wasn't scared at first, more confused than anything since my eyes haven't adjusted at this point. Then the flashlight shines up, right on this man's face, and he looks identical to Joshua could have been twins. He's crouched down with his face almost right up on the glass, and when I see him, 
I jump really hard. I don't remember if I screamed, but the man starts laughing at me. And I can hear it from the other side of the window. However, because I'm big stupid, I assume it's Josh on a smoke break, just trying to spook me. I start walking upstairs, and I pass by their kitchen clock. Bitch it was like 4 am. I didn't even put two and two together that Josh has no reason to be outside and awake at this hour. I'm so groggy but also unnerved at this point, so I go sleep on the upstairs hallway floor. I didn't go alert Skylar of what just happened, mostly because she's a cranky bitch when you wake her up, and I was still more willing to accept the idea that it was Josh being an idiot on a smoke break rather than some maniac scoping out the house. The next afternoon, I bring it up to them, and they sort of write it off, ask me if I'm sure I wasn't dreaming, etc. But they did say they heard the dog going wild. I check outside where the window is to see if the man dropped any evidence of him being there, and I kinda wanted to vomit. The tall grass along the house was pressed down like someone was on their knees. I don't even want to know how long the man was sitting there for the grass to have been pressed down still, but I have a feeling it was pretty long, because Banjo sat by that window for a hot minute, and the flashlight is the only thing that woke me up. I'm glad I saw the grass though, because it felt like such a fever dream. Sometimes I still wonder if it happened, but I know it did. My theory is that some squatter in those unfinished houses was either bored or on something and decided to go on an adventure. But yeah, I would have absolutely gotten my shit rocked in a horror movie at that age. Okay so I've never posted like this before so forgive me for any mistakes. But about an hour ago I headed to a nearby lake a place I usually go for my therapy sessions because it's usually pretty serene and peaceful. About 90% of the area can be seen from the busy road, however there are a few blind spots. So I pulled into my usual parking area and immediately got a weird feeling when I saw another car parked kind of hidden under a tree close by. I'm a female in my 20s so I'm always on high alert. I made sure to keep my eye on the car when getting my stuff together in my car. One second I look up and no one is in the car and then a couple seconds later I look again and a man is suddenly sitting in the driver's seat staring at me. It was like he came out of nowhere. At this point I'm pretty wary about going out into the grass by the lake but I continue to slowly pack up my stuff while continuing to keep an eye on the man in the car. I open my door and the man immediately gets out of his car and stands in front of it, doing a weird stretch and still staring at me. This lake is very close to a very popular amusement park so it's not uncommon for travelers to stop at the lake to rest. So I try to reason in my mind and decide I'll just sit in the car for my therapy appointment. I still had about 15 minutes before it started to get settled. So I get into my back seat and close and lock the doors but rolled one window down because it was hot in the car. I open up my laptop and I look over at the man again and now he's opening up an almost empty bottle of windshield wiper fluid and starts to pour it into his car as he looks up at me. His whole vibe was sketchy and creepy and I was debating on leaving. The man then pulls out his phone, does something on it, then continues to fill his washer fluid. All of a sudden a white van with no windows rolls up and parks right behind me. No one gets out. 
I immediately climb over the console into the driver's seat and started to pull away. The van was close to my car but there was enough room for me to back up and pull out of there. A couple seconds after I pull away the van follows, and the man gets back in his car. I panicked but was able to pull out onto the road in between two cars so the van wasn't able to catch up with me. I made sure no one was following me as I drove home. It might have all been a coincidence but better safe than sorry. I also called the non-emergency line just in case and they said they would send an officer out there to patrol the area for a bit. Thanks for reading if you did, it was a scary experience especially as someone who's been acid. I'd like to hear any feedback or similar stories if anyone has any. So our boys ages are 3 and 2. A few days ago, about 30 minutes after we had put the boys to bed, I was in our front living room when all of the sudden I heard our oldest son crying out for me. I peeked my head out into the hallway and looked into our other living room real quick to see if my husband was already on it. He wasn't, so I walked down the hallway and went into the boys' bedroom and both of the boys were sound asleep. Weird. I shut the door and walk into the main living room where my husband was and told him what just happened. He just shrugged his shoulders and said he didn't hear anything. The room I was in is closer to their bedroom so I could see how he didn't hear him. Then last night just after midnight I laid down to go to bed. I was almost asleep until I heard my youngest son start to cry over the monitor. I waited a few seconds to see if he was just moving around and would fall back asleep or if it was the real deal. He starts hysterically crying so I jump up and run down the hallway to their bedroom. The boys are sound asleep. I'm very confused. I go back to bed and fall asleep. Now a little backstory, I am a very heavy sleeper. My husband always had to wake me up when the boys were babies when they would wake up in the middle of the night because I didn't hear them. He always says I could sleep through the world ending and I would never know. So after I fell back asleep I get woken up at 5am to my youngest son hysterically crying again over the monitor. A little side note, both times I look at the monitor I don't see either of the boys moving. I see them peacefully sleeping but I hear the seeing. I get my sleepy self up, look over at my sleeping husband, thought it strange that he was asleep and didn't wake me up, and sleeplessly walk down to the boys' bedroom. They are both sound asleep. Now I feel like I'm losing it. I know what I heard. No T-verses were on when any of these occurrences happened. We don't own a radio. And our monitor is one of those dinosaur ones so it doesn't hook up to Wi-Fi or anything. And the first occurrence with my oldest son I heard with my own ears when my son was crying mommy. I didn't even have the monitor on. I feel like I'm going crazy. Nothing like this has ever happened before. One time I got woken up to something whistling outside our bedroom windows at 3am. A few months ago. It kept moving from one window to the other in a matter of seconds. Very earring whistling. We have a fenced-in backyard and the one window is in the fenced-in area. Our fence is 6 feet high so that scared me even more thinking something was on our roof. I was absolutely terrified and frozen in bed. It finally stopped and I went back to bed. I talked to our next door neighbor about it that's lived out here his whole life and he said Hess seen and heard things out here that people would think Hess insane. 
We live on a quiet dead-end road with a swamp or heavy woods in our backyard. In 2017 I had heard news of people dressing up as clowns and running around with knives at night. I typically brush those things up because I got my own problems. I, at the time 20 female, was often up all hours of the night dealing with my screaming newborn. It was January or February so we still had some snow and I wasn't able to get out of the house often. Taking out the trash, which is located right out the back door, was usually the most I got of fresh air. One morning, I took out the trash and happened to glance over to the right and noticed footprints directly under the window to my baby's room. I walked over to inspect and not only were there footprints but there was also hand indentations on the window screen. Weird but baby slept in my room so not very concerned at the moment but boyfriend was losing his marbles. Fast forward a couple days and I was up around 3 am and heard not exactly what I would call screaming but more of a screeching howl. We have lots of stray cats so I kinda thought that's what it was and ignored it. Once the sun was up I looked out the window and noticed a few sets of footprints that really didn't make sense because it kinda looked like someone had Ju been passing in between the houses but again I blow it of because we had a drug house across the street and we have had people cross through our yard before to get to that house. Maybe 4 nights later again at 3 am I'm breastfeeding and hear a dragging noise against the house and from where I was sitting on my couch I could see the back door. The back door has a window with blinds on it and doesn't seal well due to wood rot on the frame. I pause the TV and listen Ju to hear it again now directly at the back door. Looking over I can clearly see a looming figure Ju standing in the window. Holding one of those big kitchen knives and granted the blinds were shut so I'm seeing the creepy shadow version of this. He runs the knife across the window panes before softly knocking. Meanwhile I'm trying to figure out what to do with a newborn latched on because my phone is in the bedroom and something in me doesn't want whoever this is out of my vision. So I stand up and readjust because I really didn't want a screaming baby right then and walking into my kitchen and flick on the light and then said, just loud enough for him to hear me, hey man I already called the police and I'm sure you don't want to deal with them so why don't you go home. I don't know why I talked to him so calm and normal like but I don't think he was expecting anyone to say anything because he froze the moment I began talking. He talked it over with himself for a minute and darted down toward the alleyway. Never had anything like that happen again but boyfriend sure was mad I didn't wake him up to handle the situation or at least actually call the police. Not sure if this counts as a creepy encounter but I sure was creeped out once my sleep deprived self realized what happened. Yes, this is real, and it happened this morning. I woke up feeling like any other ordinary day. The sun was slowly peeking through the curtains, casting a warm glow in the room. I needed to charge my phone, so I went to unplug my roommate's phone to plug mine in. That's when I saw it, a missed call notification on her phone. Curiosity got the better of me, and I glanced at the caller ID below the phone number. Without thinking, I blurted out the name of the caller to my roommate. She chuckled, assuming I was playing a prank, until I handed her the phone. I could see her face change in an instant, her expression filled with disbelief and fear. She stammered, 
telling me it was her mom who was calling. Her mom, who had tragically passed away in 2006. The phone call had ended a second after she realized who it was. As she tried to gather her thoughts, she decided to call the number back. To our astonishment, an automated voice answered, saying, press 1 for yes and 2 for no. We were both perplexed and terrified. How was it possible that her deceased mother's phone number was calling her? Her mom's number had never been stored in her contacts. It couldn't be a simple glitch, this was far too eerie and unsettling for that. A million questions raced through our minds. Was someone playing a sick joke, or was this something much more sinister? Could someone be stalking her, using her deceased mother's number to torment her? Or was it some inexplicable paranormal occurrence? We sat there, hearts pounding, minds racing. The room seemed to grow colder as we contemplated the inexplicable event. Our thoughts were consumed by the possibilities of what this could mean. Were we in danger? Was her mother trying to send a message from beyond the grave? Neither of us knew what to do next. Fear and confusion engulfed us. We decided to reach out to friends and family to see if they had experienced anything similar or had any insights into this strange phenomenon. No one had answers, and each call only added to the sense of unease. Hours passed, and we were still no closer to understanding what had happened. It felt like we were caught in a surreal nightmare, unable to wake up. As the day wore on, we tried to distract ourselves, but the bizarre event lingered in the back of our minds, haunting us. Finally, as the evening set in, we found some solace in each other's company. Together, we held on to the hope that maybe it was just an inexplicable glitch or a cruel prank. We agreed to keep a close eye on her phone and seek help if anything like this ever happened again. As the night crept in, we sought refuge in the presence of friends and tried to find comfort in the mundane routines of everyday life. Yet, deep down, we knew that this strange and unsettling event had forever changed our perception of reality. To this day, we remain haunted by that inexplicable phone call. We may never know the truth behind what happened that morning, but one thing is certain, it left an indelible mark on our lives, a chilling reminder that sometimes the boundaries between the living and the beyond are not as clear as we'd like to believe. So someone was following me home yesterday, and now I don't want to leave the house. I-15F was walking home from the store yesterday and I saw a black box car drive past me extremely slow and the man in the car clearly watching me. And when he fully passed me I saw him watching me in his rear view mirror. I thought it was weird and slowed down my pace so that I could tell if he was waiting for me or just a slow driver. He was still driving extremely slow, but moved a little when he saw two guys riding past on bikes. He then moved to the edge of the short street we were on and waited there. I was still towards the beginning of the street so I acted like I forgot something and turned around to get out of his sight. I waited and kind of peeked out to see if he had left, and when I saw he was gone I continued walking. I didn't think it would happen but I made a mental note that if I saw the car behind me, it meant he circled back around. After I continued walking I made three turns and was three turns away from my house. When I was walking up a little hill and almost at the four turn I looked back and saw the man at the corner I had just turned from, 
letting me know he circled back around to find me. He sat there watching me continue walking until I got up the little hill and turned the corner. Then as I had just barely made the last turn and was close to my house I saw the man's car just turn the corner up the street, straight across from the way I was walking, waiting there. I pulled out my phone to call my mom and walked the other way and he left soon after I pulled out my phone. My mom came out and walked with me back to the house and I didn't see the car for the rest of the day. But I keep thinking, he knows what neighborhood I stay in. What if he comes back? What if the next time he comes back I'm out by myself again? What if no one's home to call? What if he sees me leaving and comes back when I'm the only one home? I'm so scared he's going to come back I don't want to go outside. I don't want to show him where I live especially because I'm home alone very often. I have summer school and I have to go but I don't want to leave the house in fear he might be waiting for me. And I'm constantly looking out the windows to see if I can spot him. Especially since if he was at the store I was at, he definitely stays somewhere near the neighborhood. Okay so ever since I was 5 I have been sensitive to energies, I see ghosts and speak to dead people and such. But this is crazy because it has happened not one not two but three times. The first time it happened I was 5, I remember I had just gotten home from kindergarten and I went to take a nap, during the nap I remember sitting at a table with my papa, by this time in his life he already had bad heart failure and kidney failure so he was on dialysis. He told me don't worry about anything, you will be okay, at this time I was newly diagnosed with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, and that would to me later having open heart at 10 and now at 16 I'm in heart failure and stage 3 kidney disease, he also told me that he loves me and that he would watch me forever. I woke up and my mom was crying I found out that my papa's heart had stopped. The next time this happens I'm around 10 years old, I was at my dad's house and I was going to bed. My dream sequence started with me seeing my aunt on a beautiful homestead or ranch. She was dressed in a flowing white dress and she just looked so at peace, then I see this dark figure come and it takes her away, while she's screaming and getting taken she looks at me and says I'm gone now I woke up and I found out she overdosed. The last time this happened was probably 4 years ago maybe even earlier. I was sleeping at my grandma's house, and I have a dream about her sister. My great aunt, my great aunt had bad dementia, I see her but younger, and literally all she said was I remember everything again. And I kid you not the next morning I find out she passed. In my family, a lot of people are Catholic, but a lot of people are also psychic and are mediums. I think I'm an empath because of my sensitivities and a lot more experiences I've had. But I don't know, this is kinda freaky. So to sum it up I agreed to taking care of this family's dogs for 5 days and the dogs have been great. Happy healthy normal pups in a somewhat seemingly normal house. I met the lady prior to coming and even came in the house and things seemed normal. First night I got here was fine until about the second day when all of a sudden the AC stopped working. It reached all the way up to 83 degrees where I was staying, upstairs so I had to move down to the basement including the animals. Third night we are downstairs in the basement. 
Prior to going to sleep I left my phone plugged in vertically on the nightstand next to me and had all the dogs in their spots for the evening. I wake up at 4.30 am, I can tell by my watch, to my phone being unplugged from the wall and phone completely dead. I then things that's strange because Ernsta is no way I could do that in my sleep but whatever. I get up to go use the restroom and I hear something in the bathroom. The shower was turned on and running water was going straight into the drain. With that being said there was water soaked all over the ground. I had to use six towels to clean it up. Then the next day rolls around and I decided to give one of the dogs a bath in the upstairs shower. At this point the AC guy came out to fix it and said there was nothing he could do until he was able to check the pressure within a few hours he would come back. He never came back and the AC went back to normal, when all of a sudden the whole shower rack falls on my head and almost hit the dog. Anyways as the night unfolds I slept fine but I woke up at 7.30am to let the dogs out and I go to look at my phone and the charger is bent and stuck inside my charging port. Now I have to use a different one. It's my last night here and I don't really know what to expect now, maybe I'm just overreacting but something just doesn't feel right. Is this maybe something paranormal? Or just paranoia lol? I was wondering if I should share this random spooky moment that happened around 10 years ago with my now ex-girlfriend. I am also open to shared psychosis if that's how that works because we both heard, from the living room, the sound a plastic bag being either rubbed with itself or with another bag in my room. It was very clear, crisp, not loud enough to be a jump scare but enough for us to hear it. We thought it was a bag that could have been blowing around in my room from the AC or something but it was spookier after investigating and finding nothing. We looked at each other like there's no way there's not a plastic bag in here. What made that sound? These days I don't care. I still sleep in this room, without her, so am I the plastic bag? A little background, we were both into horror movies and spooky stories, scenarios, and would even sometimes accidentally scare each other walking around the house. She was fun, but she wasn't a trickster. Even if there was a third party, say another trickster or even ghost causing the fuss, they'd still have to produce a plastic bag. My ex and I were going camping and I found a spot not far out of town. Since neither of us have been there before I accidentally drove past the campground and went down a logging road for a few miles. It was getting dark and I realized we should turn back, I obviously missed it. So I stopped the car and do one of those six point turns in the middle of the dirt road. On our left is a steep hill going down, on the right it's a hill going up with tree stumps and some bushes. Well as I'm turning around, on the hill going up we both see a naked very huge dude with a smaller person on his back. They were just standing there in the bushes and when they noticed us started stampeding down the hill toward us. Both of us freaking out and I finally complete the turnaround and speed the FK out of there. We went straight back into town about 20 miles away. We didn't go camping that night. To this day I would have thought I imagined it. I could not tell if it was an actual person and my girlfriend confirmed she's seen the same thing. Second weirdest thing to happen to me in my life. It's crazy how your brain just dismisses things it can't explain. 
If my girlfriend was not there I would have forgotten it happened. I'm a recreational sailor with a 26-foot sloop. So I don't venture out on the high seas. I stay coastal. One night I decided to anchor up in this protected bayou. It was summertime and there was a good chance of overnight thunderstorms. So I carefully made my way through a pretty narrow channel that opens up some to a bayou that is protected well enough many people will stash their boat in there during hurricanes. Plus it's usually a nice spot just to hang out. I got there late, around 11pm, so I had to feel my way in through the dark. There was no moon, and even if there was the cloud cover was thick enough it would have been blocked anyway. So it was slow going and a little disorienting. Once I reached the area that opens up a bit I dropped anchor, and prepped the boat in case a storm blew up. I made sure the halyards wouldn't bang around, secured the sails, stuff like that. Then I made my dinner and hopped in the forward berth with a book. Now you get used to odd noises. Boats have a way of occasionally creaking and clanging a bit. It's a part of their soul. Quite often you will hear a porpoise blow nearby. But this night really scared me for a bit. First, the wind picked up. A lot. The air rushing by my rigging began to make it vibrate so that it was making a high-pitching humming noise. That's not scary but it kept me awake. And since it was the standing rigging there wasn't anything I could do about it. So I'm lying there wide awake in the dark listening to this hum noise. I'm not freaked out, but it's a very mournful noise. A short while later as I'm huddled in my bunk, I feel the bulkhead flex next to me at the same time I hear a very loud thud followed by a splash. What the F? So I race out on deck with my flashlight and work my way up to the bow. It's windy, so at first I though maybe the boat was swinging on anchor and it hit a piling or something. I inspect the area and don't see anything I could have hit. So I grabbed my spotlight and used it to look underwater as best I could. I didn't see anything submerged either. Okay, so I'm thinking it was a dolphin or perhaps an alligator. The lightning is starting to pick up in the distance, it's still windy, and despite the fact it's summer I'm getting chilled just standing around on deck in my skivvies. So I climb back below and try to get rest. About 10 minutes later, once again, thud. Again I go back up on deck and investigate. And again, aside from annoying a pelican who was perched on a piling about 30 yards away, I find nothing. I go back to bed. Several minutes later, thud. Splash. This went on for about 2 hours. I didn't sleep well that night. The next morning before I set sail, I thoroughly searched the area. I was anchored on a soft mud bottom and never did find a piling, or submerged stump, or anything that I would have hit. To this day I have no idea what it was but it was a very freaky night for me. I still think it might have been some manner of animal but why on earth it kept coming back over the course of two hours is beyond me. I remember the day like it was yesterday. I was on duty, stationed in the Navy, keeping watch over the vast expanse of the ocean. It was a calm day, with the sun shining brightly and a gentle breeze sweeping across the deck. Little did I know that what I was about to witness would forever shake my belief in reality. As I scanned the horizon, 
my eyes caught something unusual in the distance. A warship, seemingly from the World War II era, caught my attention. It was positioned at a nearish distance by naval standards, and what caught me off guard was the fact that it was staying perfectly still. It almost looked like a ghostly apparition, suspended in time. Curiosity got the better of me, and I couldn't tear my gaze away. Suddenly, without any warning, the warship's guns started firing. I braced myself for the deafening roar that should have followed, but to my utter bewilderment, there was no sound. The guns fired, and yet, it was as if I had suddenly lost my sense of hearing. It was eerie and unnerving. I couldn't fathom how a warship firing its guns, even at a distance, could be so silent. The experience sent shivers down my spine, and I felt a chill creeping up my back. It was like witnessing a surreal scene straight out of a sci-fi movie. In my state of shock, I decided to call over a fellow mate to witness this bizarre phenomenon. I needed confirmation that I wasn't losing my mind or succumbing to some strange illusion. As he approached, I pointed out the ghostly warship, and his eyes widened in astonishment. What in the world is that? He whispered, barely able to find his voice. I have no idea, I replied, my voice tinged with disbelief. We both stood there, side by side, watching the inexplicable sight unfold before us. The warship remained in its stationary position, firing its guns silently into the distance. We exchanged glances, trying to make sense of the impossible. Neither of us could explain what we were seeing. It was as if we had stumbled upon some otherworldly time warp or a holographic projection from the past. It defied all rational explanations, leaving us bewildered and filled with an uneasy feeling. Eventually, the warship slowly faded away, like a mirage dissipating in the heat. We were left standing there, staring at the empty expanse of the ocean, trying to process what we had just witnessed. Till this day, I still don't have a logical explanation for what happened that day. Some say it was a strange atmospheric phenomenon or an optical illusion. Others believe it was a glimpse into a parallel dimension. But for me and my mate, the memory of the silent World War II warship will forever remain a haunting mystery, a reminder that there are things in this world, and perhaps beyond it, that defy our understanding and challenge the very fabric of reality.